0: Welcome to the Mama Dula More Podcast with Callie and Mel, a podcast about life, love, and the Black Family Union. So sit down with your neighborhood doula, Callie, and the CEO of Mel Soap Lounge, Mel. So press play so you and your tribe can listen. Today's episode is about Black Birth Stories Part 3.
1: Hey guys, it's Callie here with Mama Doula More Podcast and Divine Peace Doulas, and I'm here with... CEO Mel Soap Lounge, Mel. And we have a guests on with us today as we are honoring Black women and letting them share their stories. Today we have on with us Tamika and she's going to share her birth story. Hey Tamika, how are you?
0: Hi, I'm finding you all.
1: We're doing good. We're happy to have you here on the podcast today and we are ready to share your story. Are you ready?
0: Yes, I'm ready.
1: Very good. So... We want to start by thanking you for being part of our podcast today. And um, Tamika, I want to start by asking you a few questions. The first question I want to ask you is, where did you decide to birth your baby?
0: Well, it wasn't really a decision. It was the doctor's choice because it was emergency.
1: Okay. So,
0: all right. birth in a hospital.
1: Okay. And all right. So that goes outside of the other question I was going to ask you was, Um, Why you decided to birth your baby, where you birth your baby, were you, were you going to birth your baby in a hospital anyway?
0: Um, I was speaking with my doula about trying to do a home birth. Okay. Um, So that was another option, but it was either a home birth or a hospital.
1: Perfect. Okay. So with that being said, um, because you had an emergency, you had to have your baby inside of a hospital, which is totally fine. Um, and that's very good because we know that um, that was somewhere that you felt safe to have your baby due to the circumstances of the emergency that was going on, right?
0: Yes. Perfect. At the
1: time, yes. Okay. So here's the other question that I have. You said you're ready to tell your story. So can you tell us about your birth story? <laughs> oh, is that yeah, your support. little one in the background? Yes. Well, She's we right <laughs> Well, we right yield now. to babies over here. So go ahead and tell us your birth story.
0: Okay, so um, at about, I want to say, 34 weeks, they ended up, you know, doing an ultrasound on me. Before this, everything was fine. No complaints about the pregnancy at all. And doctor was like, baby's growing good. She's actually really growing a little faster than, um, you know, her time for due date is." And I was like, okay, you know, happy about that. And then um on the 34th everything changed like my whole world went upside down that day um so I was looking at the person that was doing ultrasound for me her face was like changing up and I was like is everything okay you know because as a mother especially if you're getting an ultrasound done you know they're checking on your baby so if you see the person turning up their face you're gonna be like what is she doing that for you know
1: when you say turning Um, up her face what do you mean? Was she, like, looking concerned or, like, turning up her it, face like... Mm. I, I want
0: to say I really don't know what the face was. That's why I asked because, you know, it, it put me, you know, in defense mode. Like, why is she looking like that? Is there something on the ultrasound that she sees and she's not trying to tell me? Right. Um, is everything okay or is the baby too big? You know, some women are like, dang, that's a big baby. And the right. was already saying the baby was a little big, so...
1: Okay. There you go. Well, I love the fact that you were advocating for yourself even in that moment in the 30-foot... 34 week uh ultrasound appointment like you were advocating like hey you know what's this about so i really like that go ahead i'm sorry
0: um and actually let me correct myself i think it was 36 weeks because i had her two weeks early okay i'm so sorry about that it's okay um so this was like another serious appointment. Either way, um, and because of COVID, everything was different. I wasn't getting an ultrasound like they normally would. I was getting an ultrasound once a month, and I was asking other mothers before, "Is that normal?" And they said it shouldn't be month. It shouldn't be monthly. It should be a little bit more frequent than that. Um, but my OB ass- assured me that you know every month is something that they do, especially during the COVID situation that was going on. Um, anyway back to the ultrasound when we were doing the ultrasound the lady said oh um i just want to you know take this to i guess the person who reads the ultrasound just to see if everything's okay i said okay that's fine um then i want to say she took about 10 minutes came back in and told me okay um so you need to reach out to your doctor and your doctor's gonna let you know what's going on now i'm scared and i'm panicking like what is happening you know because You tell me you're going to come back and tell me what's going on, but you don't tell me what's going on. You say my doctor has to reach out to me. And you know how doctor's offices are. They can reach out to me within the next five, ten minutes, or they can reach out to me within a day or two. And now I'm concerned because, you know, I'm still laying on this table. And you said my doctor's going to reach out to me. Um, But me, I'm a very, mm, I want to say overthinker. So I was, like, thinking of everything possible. Went on Google right away. I was like, what could it be? What could it be? And my mother tells me don't do that because I self-diagnose myself all the time. So, (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, let me, let me just. And that's another thing. My mom was calling me at the time I was getting this ultrasound done, and she was like, "Are you okay? You know." So it really made me feel comfort that she was there, even not knowing, you know, what's going on. But for her to reach out and say, "Are you okay?" And I told her immediately, I was like, "No, something's wrong." They were doing the ultrasound, she stopped, and. This is what she said. My mom's on the phone with me, you know? She's like, okay, you want me to come? You want me to come? I'm like, I don't even know if you serious yet. Don't come just yet. Don't come just yet. But let me tell you what they say. Now, I tell you, I was in this office for about three hours for them just to tell me, hey, um, the fluid is low. When I say low, like very low. So we're going to have to send you to a specialist, a high risk. Um... <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. It's okay I a call and I thought I hung up, but I ended up answering it. So it cut me off completely. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> it's okay. It happens. Go ahead.
0: Um. So I think I was at when they. I was in the office for about three hours for them to tell me the fluid was low and I was like fluid. I immediately called my mom back. I said, mommy, what's the fluid? Because the lady, she still can't talk to me. My doctor only has to talk to me and the doctor we, you know, inside of the hospital, I have to go run outside because now I'm disconnected from him after he already just said the flute was low because he was trying to explain more, but I couldn't hear anything. I text my mom. Um, and then as soon as I get on the like hospital Wi-Fi, I call my mom like, mommy. Um, what the heck does fluid mean? She's like, the amniotic fluid. I was like, he said it was low, he said it was low. I have to go outside to see what that means. She's like, okay. And then my mom said, okay, Tamika, um, you know, the fluid is the amniotic fluid. And I was like, what is that? She was like, that's what's surrounding the baby. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go outside so I can call the doctor. And she's like, okay, call me back as soon as you know anything. And I said, okay, I will. So I get outside and I'm in the parking lot and I'm on the phone with the doctor and the doctor's trying to explain everything. To me, and he, you know, he's he's a very sweet doctor. But throughout this whole process, I'm saying this doctor doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's saying. One, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna give you an example. I said, "Is um, I think I said a grapefruit." I said, "Can I have grapefruits while I'm pregnant?" Just to make sure, because um, there's things online that says you can't eat this, you can't, you could, you could eat this, you can't eat this, you can't eat this. Oh, not a grapefruit, a cantaloupe. He says, "I don't know what a cantaloupe is," and I said um okay so now i have to you know think myself like am i allowed to eat this or not (laughs) i reach out to my mom about that situation too she's a doula so she's like yes you can eat a cantaloupe um but she you know everything i have to question about the doctor i just go to my mom because if she wasn't a doula i don't know who i would go to for everything i had to question about um so i get off the phone with the doctor now i'm crying i'm telling my mom what's going on and she's She said, baby, it's okay. Calm down, calm down. She said, what did he say? I said, he said that I have to go to a high-risk specialist to see what's going on with the amniotic fluid and what next steps we need to take. So um, before he sends me to her, I have to go to his office, which is about 35 minutes away. I get to his office. They put me on this machine to monitor the baby and mom, but mostly the baby. And there, you know, it's him and the nurse in the room with me. They're like, Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, No, I'm disgruntled because <laughs> you guys over here telling me my baby fine <laughs> And now you're telling me something's wrong. Go ahead. So So Um I tell him exactly how I'm feeling. I said, I feel as if you neglected me throughout my pregnancy because you tell me everything is okay mm-hmm. from the very beginning to about a month ago to now. Okay. Something's going on, baby's not measuring correctly, this, this, and that. Not only was the fluid low, but the baby was measuring smaller than predicted, saying, oh, are you sure she's supposed to be due at this time? How am I doing they all of a sudden? Oh, my goodness. You know, but like, they can't. So they're saying, something's going on, something's wrong, and now I'm even more concerned. Like, is my baby okay Is my, right. you know, ultimate concern? Right.
1: Or that would, we- you know, that would kind of scare me, too, you know? what's going on with the baby and why didn't you guys find this out before yeah that is kind of that's kind of traumatic right that's kind of different
0: exactly and then of course you and know, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad I'm sorry
1: I'm glad that you called the doctor out and said well hey you neglected me my pregnancy you know like you know did you neglect me my pregnancy because of COVID like you didn't know what was going on but what should change you know due to the circumstances so I'm glad that you you called them out like hey I feel like you neglected me like they need and to that's hear exactly that. Exactly
0: what I said um, to him. I said, "So this doesn't happen to other moms. You need, you guys need to, you know, m- meet up with each other and speak about this because this makes no sense. That you tell me, you know, a month." is and i asked him i said is it normal for it to be a month that you see the the moms he said yes it's normal every month is supposed to be a checkup and when you get closer to your due date that's when you get more frequent checkups and i'm like okay if you say that so if that if you say that so but i remember when i first went in because my husband was allowed to go in with me in the beginning um and they told me yes um you'll be getting disappointment, disappointment, we'll set you a schedule out saying you can have an appointment here, here, here. These are covert schedules because things have changed. And I thought that was funny. And I immediately went to my mom after that and I told her, but this was in the beginning and she was like, okay, let's just see how it goes. And then with him, um, and now we're back to the same the same thing me telling him are you sure this is correct this is how you guys are supposed to check moms and he's saying yes assure me this is the way that it's supposed to be and i say okay i'm a first-time mom i have no clue if this is how you know the visits are supposed to be i'm just going along for the ride because you know i'm happy i'm a mom I'm just getting checked up just to see my baby because that's the only time i'm seeing my baby is when i'm going to the doctor's appointment so i'm not making a fuss i'm just like every month it is okay let me see her every month you know um and then he tells me, "Okay, baby's fine." The because they had her on the, the heart monitor. She's fine. She's doing okay. So I go over to the next doctor's office. Um, I want to say now it's about. Get it up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, she's getting into something over here. It's okay. And the next doctor, she's like, actually. Yes, I see that your doctor said you're fine, but you have to go in for an emergency induction um, in two weeks. I said okay. in two, not an emergency induction, she said you're gonna to have to get an induction in two weeks. I said, okay. So I have one more appointment with her to go get checked up. I'm, and I'm gonna say this is by the grace of God. Um, I'm at work. This is now, it's the week before the induction that I have to go get, right? And they said, we want to see you back exactly in a week. So I go to the appointment a day early. I'm like, oh, I have to go, I have to go. You know, I called off, um, not called off. I said, I need to leave early from work this day. And my manager, he's upset. He's like, you gotta leave early today because I'm supposed to leave. And I'm like, yes, yes, I need to leave early today. I told you about this, you know, a week in advance. I leave work early and I'm getting there. And then I get a call from my doctor's office saying, Hey, we're calling to confirm your appointment for tomorrow. I said, Tomorrow? <laughs> five minutes away. And the lady, she's like, Five minutes away? You have an appointment for tomorrow? I'm like, No, the appointment's for today. And she's like, Okay, that's fine. Just come, just come, mom. So I get to the office. They see me. Um, the doctor, she comes in. She's like, um, I'm going to have this lady go ahead and do the ultrasound for you, and then I'll be back in the room in a, in a minute when she's finished. And I say, okay. So she comes back in and she says, mom, um, how are you feeling? I said, I'm feeling fine. How's the baby? Cause you know, why she asking me how I'm feeling? Right. I'm right.
1: right. You debate, right. We, we a team here. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> it takes two. To and table. she's like, baby, um, I want to say the fluid has gotten lower. When I say significantly mm. lower, mom, you need an emergency induction today. Okay. Is today? Okay. I said, Oh my goodness. I start crying immediately. I said, I don't know, me and my husband, we didn't talk about, you know, doing it now. I call him and I'm like, this is what's going on. And he answered the phone so fast, you know? And I guess because he knew two weeks is about to be around the corner, we gonna right. have to go. He answered the phone and he never answers the phone that fast. And he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, they say we need an emergency induction today. He's like, okay, tell me when. And I'm like, she said, as soon as I leave here, I should be heading there. I have about, I want to say, a 35-minute ride home so we can get our bags and we head to the hospital. Um, and I'm crying because now it's, like, sinking in. Like, this is real serious. And, you know, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I'm just praying. I hold my baby girl and everything is fine. Um, last time I went to the doctor, they said baby was 4 pounds. And I was like, okay. And the day that we have to go – so when we get into the hospital, they – you know they do everything first of all it was so uh, no bedside manner at all nobody was nice you go in they say okay just have a seat very rude front staff then I'm you get so taken sorry. to your room it was just uh, you know and i when i say uh, my mom gave birth at this hospital before but i didn't know all this process i just knew oh we're going to see the baby, you know? And we were there in the room after the baby was born. So we didn't we didn't experience all of this, you know? Um, we get to the back. Mom, you have to keep on your mask. Dad, keep on your mask. Keep on my mask? I'm about to be pushing, right? you know? And you want me to keep on a mask? But okay. Um, she says, put this on. She gave me my clothes. She said, you can leave your stuff over there. I said, okay. They come back in. Oh, Mom, you can't have any food for this amount of time. And I'm like... I didn't eat. Like, I'm hungry already. We don't want you to have food just in case we have to give you an emergency cesarean, and we don't want you to choke on your food is what I was told. Mm -mm -mm. Now I'm starving. I'm upset. And, you know, because of how everybody is acting towards us. Go ahead.
1: Can I say something? So this is such a problem that I have with the hospitals, okay, when you're giving birth. And just think about this for a second. You know, you, you asked, could you eat? They told you no because of an emergency C-section. So I used to be an EMT, right? And as an EMT, I've seen a lot of things. I've seen motorcycle crashes, I've seen car crashes, I've responded, I've helped people, you know, because I was a medical professional, right? But if someone has just gotten hit by, if, if a motorcyclist crash, right? Or someone has a car accident or someone is leaving work and they get hurt, right? And they have to do surgery on them. Do you really believe that those ER docs are like, hey, so what time did you eat last? You don't know that because they're not coherent. They're just working to save you. They they get on my nerves with these hospitals and not feeding these mamas like these, like this is such a big old procedure that they have to do that is, is going to take them out of here. When people are having surgeries, and this is aside from being, um, giving birth, it's not so it's not a big to do if you understand what i'm saying so why are we making it like this for these mamas when they go to give birth Mm -hmm. to their babies you're not asking the man who just you know got struck by a car what he had what was his last meal when you were going in to save his life to do a surgery for him so why are we doing this to moms i don't understand this and i'm still and i'm a big advocate about that i feed my mamas okay (laughs) i feed my mamas
0: I should have came to you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got you next time. (laughs) Go ahead. So, you asked about the food. They told you no.
0: So, I look at my husband. He's like, you know, I haven't eaten since I got off of work. So, he goes to get himself some food. (laughs) He gets Chick-fil-A. He's sitting in the room eating his Chick-fil-A. I'm smelling the juicy fries (laughs) and the chicken sandwich. And I'm like, "Mm, must be nice. (laughs) You know? Um, But I'm over here eating... What is it called? The jello that they gave him. Right. And sucking on ice. The I
1: liquid so diet. Good. The liquid. The, the.
0: I was very dead. I was like, can I get an apple juice? I was like, you know what? Since he enjoyed his Chick fil A, let me make him run back and forth to the.
1: Ah, so, <laughs> good. So, um, Did you feel like. And you then, were then like... that became
0: a problem. He said, you want another apple juice? And I said, why? What's wrong? He said, you know, because he doesn't usually complain about going to get me stuff even in the house but he's like you want another one and I'm like yeah he's like they're already looking at me funny and that's what threw me off I right. said why are they looking at you funny you know he said because he's probably they probably thinking oh this black man is walking back and forth from the hospital and I was like you know what I did see the doctor instead of talking to both of us because we both having this baby yes I might be the patient on the you know on the table and in the bed But he's also here to, you know, witness the child, the birth of his child. So you should address both of us and not just one of us.
1: Oh, my goodness. You get me started on these conversations. I could be here all day talking about this because they do not respect the black birthing body and their partners in the hospitals. I will continue to say that. And that is not okay. And they fear the black man. I don't know why they know that he's strong, but he is there to support you.
0: So do you feel like you was controlled during your labor? Um, I feel like when I came in they said you gotta sign all these papers just to you know cover their butts if anything happens mm-hmm. and I was like dang I'm bombarded with a bunch of paperwork and you're not telling me what it is and I was like yeah we'll come back in after you finish signing everything I didn't even get a chance cause I'm a person that's gonna read through every single thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: I didn't get a chance to read every single thing before I sign and the lady came back in the room and she's waiting at the bed like you know are you finished type of face and I'm like so I have a question since you're standing here and she's like, yeah, you know, this medication here, because it was two different medications that can be put inside of you for, you know, the induction. Mm-hmm. And I said, what is this? Steel birth, this, this. It had so many different, you know, things that could happen. And I was like, she's like, but it's, it's very unlikely. How unlikely? That's what they always say. Why
1: right. Why do I have to sign this if it's unlikely? Why?
0: <laughs> um, Go ahead. So I was like, okay, you know. In order for me to have this, this um, I keep saying cesarean. I mean, in order for me to have this induction to get started, I need to, you know, sign these papers. And I just said, before I sign this paper, God, just make sure you watch over my baby and watch over me. And I signed the paper and I just let it all be in his hands after that. Went through the first, I think, two pills that they put inside of you. When they put the third pill inside of me, I'm laying down. A bunch of nurses come rushing in the room and they're like, baby's heart heart rate drop baby's heart rate drop my husband he's sleeping at the time and he's like you know jump out of his sleep and he's like what's wrong what's wrong and I was like I don't know and now I'm like all wide eye and I'm like what's going on they're like big heart rate drop we just need to make sure every, everything's okay and
1: did they change um, they you into say, different positions to get the baby's heart rate back up
0: yep and they said oh we need to move the monitor right here I guess I was laying also interfered with the way baby was doing as well so, and it was a second pill, not the third pill. They said they couldn't put the third pill because of what happened with the second pill. So we moved on to the next phase of the um, induction. And I was just like, okay, you know, I'm doing everything from the first pill. when they said, wait, 45 minutes for this pill to, you know, dissolve. They mm-hmm. you can get up, walk around, bouncing a ball and everything. I'm doing every single thing that my mom has told me. You know, I'm like, okay, can I get a peanut ball, this, this, and that? And you know, everything. I'm doing everything. And then my husband's like, just lay down, relax. I'm like, I'm trying to get her out right, That's now. right. Out her right now.
1: That's right. Movement helps <laughs> baby.
0: That's right.
1: Movement helps baby. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Um. And then I get on the bed and then one of the nurses comes in, mom, you should be, you should be resting because pushing is very uh strenuous. You should be resting. You're going to be tired. And I'm like,
1: you know, I agree. I'm
0: like a kid on the first night of school Like right before we go to school You don't want to sleep You're so anxious to see your friends and everything uh, I'm like I can't sleep I'm getting ready to see my baby I don't want to go to sleep right now They're like you're going to have some time before you see her And I'm like you know that's not reassuring That's not making me feel good That's making me feel like oh this is about to be a long out drawn thing I'm thinking you know
1: Right and it's but an emergency And this is how y'all are making me feel
0: Mm-hmm. So because it's night now, the doctor's getting switched out. I had a very sweet doctor in the beginning. Then I got switched to another doctor that came overnight. And this doctor was not pleasant at all. And I was like, you know, she's one of me. Why is she acting this way to me? Came mm, mm, okay, mm, in with mm, that attitude. Mm, she was like, I need to check to see how far along you are. Oh, you're going to be here for a little bit. You're not going to have the baby until, I want to say, tomorrow, the, the, the day after tomorrow. And I'm thinking, like, okay, you know, I don't know what she's doing down there I'm just like okay but just how she said it I was like "Mm." call my mom and I was like yeah this is what she's talking about yeah but labor
1: takes time
0: exactly Um, I had to get the so the day the next day comes and they have to put the um, balloon inside of me I'm going good no epidural anything so far and when they put that balloon inside of me I cried like a big baby. I called my mom. I said I need that for durable. I was like, You sure you need it? I said, give it to me. I need it. I said I need it the whole time, but I need it. Like when I say this was unbearable pain. This was more painful than anything in my whole entire life, I feel like. Um they gave it to me. When I say that knocked me out, I was asleep. I was (laughs) sleep. Then they put these things on my legs to make sure my legs weren't swelling. And I'm glad they did
1: that because a lot of people don't do that when you get an epidural. So I'm glad they did at least that piece. Continue. mm
0: -hmm. It was just a whole lot of, you know, I felt like a big blob of contraption. Basically, I had everything attached to me at this point. Um, Then they came in to check me again. I said, my legs is feeling itchy or weird then they took it off for a little bit and then when I said can you put it back on oh the nurse said oh we don't need to put it back on right now this isn't this, that I said no I want it back on right now after it was off for the 15 minutes like she said I can keep it off because you know they said this is so your legs looks well my family has blood clot issues so I was like I need this on my legs gotcha and she was just like you know when she made the face I was like well you didn't listen when I said it nicely so I had to be a little bit more demanding I felt like um do you think so now's the time for me just to lay and relax and wait when I went to get the um, epidural that experience was something else uh, the epidural I guess it's the doctor for the epidural he came in and explained everything to me and I said no I don't need it that balloon got in me and I called him back immediately <laughs> I need it then another lady came inside she said this is um, the person that basically like that tells you um, the strength of the epidural, I guess. I'm not sure, like the, I don't know how to describe her, her position. Well, basically she came in and she was like, if you need more epidural, just push this button and we'll um, come in to give you a stronger oh, amount. I know And, what you and mean. my mom was on the phone and she was like, you don't need another one unless you need another one. Don't listen to her. And the lady's like, well, you can't have people on the phone. And she was like, she's wrong. And I was like, oh, okay." And my mom, she spoke up for herself and she was like, no, you know, she had to let her know. I know what I'm talking about as well. And um, the lady didn't like that. So she said, we can't have a phone (laughs) conversation. Do you feel like there was too many medical interventions with you like that they were doing to you? I felt like it after that whole balloon thing and then I needed the epidural and then that's when more doctors came came in and in my head I said what did I just put inside of myself because you know basically I was very loopy after so I couldn't really say I was the most coherent but um I understood what they were saying and then I laid down and that's how like, they get the
1: you you ball. know that right that's how they get you
0: <laughs> and, uh, the i felt like it. true
1: go I ahead.
0: got that peanut bowl, and I laid with it, I laid with it and
1: the peanut ball was your best friend?
0: That, when I say best friend, best friend. She started down after that. Doctor Style's gonna be there for the day after. I pushed my daughter out that day at twelve thirteen PM. She came. And the whole pushing process, I wanna say people say or women not people, women say oh, Pushing is the most difficult part. No, it was not. Having this baby's head on my butthole, made it <laughs> terrible. I said, I need to push her out now. And I feel like that's what made me push her within 25 minutes. Was
1: 25 her. minutes? That's all it took you?
0: 25 minutes. Yes, that's how long it took for me to push her Why out. Why do you
1: think it only took you 25 minutes to push her out? I get so excited when I hear moms saying that they push their babies out in less than 30 minutes. I really get excited i really get excited for less than 30 minutes but um did you know did your mom give you pointers uh when you were able to talk to her or did you just let she your b- baby labor down a little bit so that you didn't have to be she pushing was for three hours
0: with me um the doctors told me no you don't need to push right now the nurse said no you don't need to push right now I'm on the phone with my mom. I said it's feeling very weird. It's hurting very much. I'm turning to the side and everything. I'm like it is hurting. Like I'm in pain. I said this is something. She's like that's the ring of fire. You need to push, baby, push. She's telling me you need to push. And I'm like I tell my husband go go get the nurse now. Like go get somebody. I'm gonna push. Like I I know nobody's there to catch. But as soon as he went outside, they come running in. And the nurse she puts her finger inside and feels. Oh, yes, Mom, you can push. I'm pushing now, and the doctor wasn't even the one to really be there for me to give birth to my baby. It was the nurses, because by the time she came, everything was already done. <gasps> so the last five minutes is when the doctor arrived after the nurses done coach me through, push, push, push. And then these were, these were women, white women. They weren't the best, and they were telling me I didn't need the oxygen on my face. I have asthma. And I was like, I need the oxygen. Like, I felt as if I was going to pass out if I didn't have it. I would push, put the oxygen mask on, take a breath. Take all the oxygen in, take it off, get some water from my husband, push again. And that's what I needed. And there was a black lady by my side that was going to take care of the baby when she came out. And she was like, come on, mama, you got this. You got
1: this. And honestly, <laughs> Chilly it I felt like
0: she was my mama on the side. I felt that's so comfortable right. with her being there, holding my hand, telling me keep going, keep going. And my husband, he's like, come on, baby, you got it. And she's right there. I see her head, you got it. And I say That's when I felt the most comfortable is when the lady and my husband were on the side of me. You know, people of our skin tone helping me through this process now because the white woman, they were telling me, it's okay, mom, no, just wait for the next contraction. Just wait for the next contraction. And I'm over here trying to look at the monitor, like, tell me <laughs> Like, you know, I wasn't feeling the contractions. I was feeling the pain in my butt. And I was like, I just need to push her out right now. You know, if I could have pushed her out in two minutes, I would have been satisfied. But that's not how it went. And I'm very pleased with my mom telling me to push when I did. Because I feel like if I would have waited any longer, I probably wouldn't have lasted there. Like, everything, I was just so uncomfortable before i started pushing and they were telling me i don't need to push and that's what i feel like made me more comfortable with my mom telling me to push because i felt like it was moving things along you know the pressure relieved and i was able to you know push 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 um
1: well i tell don't... my clients i always say you tell me you trust your body okay forget mm-hmm. everything else trust your body and if you tell me that you have to push that's what i tell my clients i'd be like all right All right, so we need to get a nurse in here. Something's going on because more than likely, if you're telling me that you're so uncomfortable and you have to push, you got to push. So kudos to your mom for that, for supporting you. And kudos to your uh, partner for supporting you because it seems like he was, like, right there, like, hey, babe, let's get this Mm -hmm. done. And kudos to that that lady that – the ancestors allowed to be in that room with you because your mom wasn't present. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Go she ahead.
0: was a blessing in disguise. Um baby came out and the first thing I wanted to do was like the cord was still attached. They put the baby on me. It's like I did that and everybody laughed. <laughs> and, you know, my husband cut them beautiful cord. Um but my biggest thing after baby was born, I kept saying, "Can I hold my baby? Can I hold my baby? Can I hold my baby?" And they were wiping her down, putting the stuff that she needed on. They gave her to my husband immediately and not to me. And I was yeah. just sitting there, admiring, seeing him because he was so happy. I didn't have a problem with that that he held the baby, but I wasn't holding my baby until I kept saying, "Can I feed her? Can I feed her?" Like, in my heart, it was just telling me to feed my baby as soon as she was born. But they told me, no, Mom, you could do it within the next two hours. No,
1: absolutely not. Don't ever let that happen again. As soon as your baby is born and there's no issues with baby. Did you have a birth plan? Did you write a birth plan or no? I
0: didn't have a birth plan. I said, you know, whatever happens, what God Mm-mm. you know, wants to happen, then it'll happen. I just knew I didn't want to get a C-section. And, you know, I was grateful that I didn't get one of those because I, I just felt as if I wouldn't be strong enough to... You know, mm-hmm.
1: so here's the thing. I just felt
0: like I wasn't going to be strong enough. That's all I could say.
1: So, here's the thing for next time make sure that you have a birth plan. I'm pretty sure your mom probably spoke to you about those because <laughs> a birth plan, you get to say your autonomy about your labor, about the support that you get, about how you want to hold your baby. That's something that I do with my clients, all my clients. I have clients that's like, oh, so we don't need a birth plan. And I'm like, oh, yes, we need a birth plan. I want you to say the things that are most important. I don't care if your birth plan only says, I want my doula and my partner present. That's your birth plan. I don't care if your birth plan says, I want delayed cord clamping, but the baby can get, you know, the newborn um, screenings. That's what your birth plan Mm -hmm. says, you know? So I don't know. Consider next time having a birth plan. I know that you put your trust in God or your higher being or whatever it is that you believe in. And I know that moms do that all the time. But also, we need to be able to um, make sure that people are accountable for how they move with us, just in case we don't have a doula present, just in case we don't have a mom who's a doula who can help us, just in case you don't have uh, the the greatest supporting factor that you want at that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? That makes sense, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, that's all I had to say really was I just felt like I wanted to hold my baby. Mm -hmm. But it's okay, because here she is, 15 months old, and I have not put her down since the day that I gave birth to her, so, you know, it's okay with me. And I'm glad that she got to experience that moment with her dad after I had her. He has so many pictures with her, and I'm just very grateful that he was able to, you know. If it's not me, then I'm glad it was him. That's all I can say.
1: Good. I have a Um, question for you. Did you touch your baby? Were you the first person to touch your baby before the baby came out? Like, did you feel her head crowning?
0: Oh, no. I didn't put anything down there. I was holding on. That's another thing. When they were telling me to push, they had to tell me, don't push like that, mom. Push like you're pushing down. And it was so confusing. I was like, what the heck are they saying? Until I finally got it correct, and then I was pushing right so, you know, I couldn't really focus on anything else besides pushing her out.
1: Well, I tell you this, if you aren't pushing correctly, you said you pushed her out in 25 minutes. That is record, okay? <laughs> and even if you aren't pushing correctly, that was a great push. 25 minutes, you know that I have supported people in my early doula days that were pushing for like two hours, three hours, because they practiced pushing, were even though they were ready to push they didn't know how to push and even though Mm -hmm. I'm telling them they're listening to these providers and the providers is like oh well you know we're gonna push we're gonna practice push practice push makes tired Mm -hmm. we just need you to labor down and open your legs and push your baby out and that should be in less than 30 minutes but they always say first time moms you know it could take hours nah it takes hours because you guys are doing a detriment to these moms right you're not doing what you need to do by them so,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Well, but i that's I,
0: really my birth story. I, Thank you for letting me share.
1: Absolutely. I wanted to hear your birth story. And it is our pleasure over here at Mama Doolima Podcast to honor Black women and their stories and um, get our stories out there for people to hear. You know, mm-hmm. every story doesn't end with the trauma or every story, all of our stories don't end with a, you know, a, 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 a trauma or a negligence or something like that but most of them have that in there and it's good that we speak out and black women deserve to be heard and our stories deserve to be heard so i thank you for sharing your story with us over here at Mama Dulama podcast do you have any last words that you want to give to young moms young specifically young black moms or black moms that are deciding to have babies or considering getting pregnant or that are already pregnant. Do you have any last words for them?
0: Moms drink your water, walk as much as you can try to eat healthy. And if you can just make sure you don't always eat junk food and please, please, please invest in a doula. When I say a doula, you know, be the best thing that you spend money on throughout your pregnancy. That will be the best thing you spend your money on. Um, and just advocate for yourself and make sure your your significant other advocates for you. And if they can't, then always advocate for yourself. And if you feel as if nobody else is advocating for you, even if that's your significant other, do it for yourself. And it doesn't matter how the tone is conveyed across to anybody else. Advocate for yourself. If that's they feel right. like you're being negative, be negative if that's the only way it's getting through to them. If they feel like you know, you're being overbearing, be overbearing because you need to advocate for yourself at the end of the day.
1: Oh, I love those Mm -hmm. words.
0: And that's about it. And just enjoy being pregnant because you will miss it after you give birth. And just enjoy the moment of when you welcome that new life into your, you know, to your world. That's it.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, that wraps up this interview with Tamika. Tamika, I really appreciate you coming on our platform to share your story and to share with moms. And I second what you say about investing a doula because we are, uh, you know, a good friend of mine named Tia, who is a birth worker, a black birth worker, just like me. She has this saying, and it says, before black doulas was a suggestion. We are no longer a suggestion in this day and age. We are a priority. So, that is the last words that I have for today. And I just want to thank you again for coming on our platform and sharing your story. Um,
0: yes, of course. And one other thing I would say yes. is I would do the birth plan, like you said. So, moms, do a birth plan. Do a birth plan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, do a birth plan. Thank you so much for giving us your time because we know that time is important. And um, thank you for coming on and sharing your birth story. And we're going to get more stories out of of black women so that people can hear our stories and they can listen to us. And thank you for um, just thank you for being here with us. And thank you, little one, for uh, giving us your time, little one. Um, that's, oh,
0: she's, she's fed up, so I'm glad we ended up this note, she, <laughs> she's showing me more, she learned sign language, she's saying more, she hungry.
1: Oh, okay, well, we're gonna let you go ahead and feed the baby. Um, thank you for tuning in to Mama Doula and Ma Podcast with Callie, um, your neighborhood doula, um, with Divine Peace Doulas, and...
0: The CEO of Mel Soap Lounge. Mel, you can find me on Instagram at Mel Soap Lounge, and you can also find me on Facebook at Melkizuda King. M E L C
1: H I Z D K K I N G, and you can find me on social media platforms at Divine Peace Doula Cali on Instagram and Divine Peace Doula on Doula's. Sorry, Divine Peace Doula's on Facebook and Cali K A L I King on Facebook. Thank you so much. Until next time, later.